Hi, everybody. This is Judy, and I want to welcome you to Cherry Orchard Conversations Season 2. This season starts with a short series of interviews with John Emerson, the owner and patriarch of the Cherry Orchard. As many of you know, he's a wealth of information, and it was difficult to break down his stories into bite-sized pieces. Thus, I've added some musical interludes and explanations into this podcast. This makes it much different than the format from last year. So I plan to publish a number of his uh, topical interviews, and we're going to start with part one, where he discusses the cherry orchard, purchasing the cherry orchard, and the trees that are there. So let's get started. I am John Emerson, Judy's father. How long have you lived at the cherry orchard? About uh, off and on 30 years. Dad and I are here in the cherry orchard and it's in December, so there's a light dusting, maybe, what do you say, inch of snow on the ground? Less than that, half inch, maybe. And um, what he's gonna tell me is a little bit about these trees here. So Dad, earlier this morning, you were pointing to a tree yeah. and you told me how old it was. Well, when we bought the place, there was a, a, a good share of the trees. There was about 47 cherry trees and uh, probably, 35 of them are, are, were 35 years old and the others, uh, older ones, uh, all Lambert and Royal Ann, well I should say, uh, there were two Royal Ann trees, one was over 100 and one was the 35 and uh, then uh, well, since we've been here for over 30 years, now they're now the ones that were 100 at the time are now 130 years old, and the ones that were 35 are now almost 70 or 65 to 70 years old. Wow! So those, and do you still have 47 cherry trees? Yes. Oh wow! Well, we actually we might have had a couple more because when we built the house, then we took out a couple of trees in the in the garage, I think. So. I don't think we got rid of over two or three trees before for that. And um, there's an upper lot. Um, uh, yes. And there's a, a few trees up there. What, why are there trees up there? Okay. So in, in, in 1998, when we had a, in February, when we had a real cold spell, it froze all the buds. So I didn't lose any trees, but uh, I lost no crop that year. But... Uh, Having been a member of the of the Cherry Growers Association, it, I decided I'd buy some more trees. To, and so I, I bought three uh, lapins. They were supposed to be a more hardy, frost-free tree. And I planted those then uh, on the upper lot. And so now we harvest from those as well as, uh, as the uh, ones down on the lower lot, the main orchard. And and the, the, I know today a lot of people get these like boutique cherry 
varieties or something like that. They have all these different varieties yes. what they're trying to sell. Yeah. But these are the traditional trees that grow on the west side and the east side of Flathead Lake? They, they, they were because in, in 98, most of the trees on the east side of the lake got killed. Uh-huh. So what they planted over there, for the most part, were, were either Lappins or some other brand, and they didn't go back so much to the to the uh, uh, Lambert species. So, okay. and then since then, there's been the development of probably a dozen other varieties of of sweet cher- cherries. Uh, so. In 1985, I recorded my father and a number of other relatives talking about their lives, their experiences, their children. This next recording is from my father's interview, and it's just a short minute, almost two minutes, where he talks about the cherry orchard. Well, let's see, sometime in about 1982, I guess, uh, Marion had been talking about wanting land on Flathead Lake, and uh, I didn't feel we could afford it. And secondly, we, I felt if we got a piece of land, we'd never travel anyplace else. We used to do our our weekending and vacationing and so forth uh, to uh, places like Lake Kukanusa and out of Libby or up to Lib- up to Hungry Horse Reservoir or at least different places. And so finally, uh, uh, well, in, in 1982, uh, my father passed away and then six months later my mother or four months later, in January of 83, my mother passed away. So, uh, anyway, in summer of, 80, of 83, then I said, well, okay, if you want, if you really want a place on the lake, then you can start looking, and if you find what really suits us and, and we can afford it, then, then we'll consider buying it. So... She looked at a number of places on the most all on the west shore, and finally uh, we found this one through a realtor that we'd been doing business with, and decided we liked it with the cherry orchard. And uh, so in '83 we purchased uh, the land on Flatted Lake. What you imagined or envisioned for the future? I didn't see. That's I told. I thought I told you. I had not the slightest, slightest idea what I was in for. Only that Hazel said John would like it. I found a place down on the lake that I think John would like, but it's beyond where you want to go. Said, well, okay, we'll look at it anyway. Boy, if you could have, if you could have seen the lots that that your mother was, she had three of them to look at, and they're all up there on that. You talk about a steep slope. <laughs> they were all on that in that 
Douglas fir that had all that mistletoe. I don't remember whether the houses were on them. One of them was $160,000. I said, we can't afford that. He said, well, we can offer less. And I said, yeah, how much you want? <laughs> less you want. At first place, I didn't like it just looking at it from up above. Yeah. Because it was steep slope, and there was a bunch of these mistletoe fur in there, and so it was dark, you know. But the sun, you'd only get the sun up there on the in the morning. And once it got up, and you know, then it, it's just like any, you know, we're lucky here because we got a south exposure, so we get the sun going clear across this. Yeah. And then when you moved down here and people started coming, then did you, to help you with the cherry trees, did you think, oh, this is going to be a family reunion every summer? Don't think I gave it a thought. You know, it's, it just got, because it eased in, you know, when we started out, we knew, we, we knew who was, who was around then. Like, you know, Melissa was, what, seven, and Ellen was five, or we had them. They were the only kids we had at the time. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the mums came, but they had no kids. Dolores came. Jim came. Oh. Roy and Jamie came. You got you guys. You came. I think in 1982, when when he put it up for sale, or they did, they put up all my property and that, that piece of property in one lump sum, and it didn't sell. Mm -hmm. So then he split off my lot and the lot above the road, my two mm -hmm. lots, and then and then we bought, and, and surprisingly, or maybe whatever, we bought the very same time that, that Phoebe bought the house over there. Both, both sales went through right about the same time. And it was, but it was a bankruptcy scene. In other words, Phoebe and I probably signed a buy-sell agreement in the middle of July. And we didn't get ownership until November because it drug out, drug out until it had to go to bankruptcy court. And finally, the bankruptcy judge said, well, no. He looked at what I agreed to pay and said no. And so so my realtor, who happened to be a friend, said, offer less. And I said, why, Hazel? And she said, offer less. Well, there must be a reason, Hazel, offer less. That's all she'd say. So I had agreed to pay $80,000 for this property. No house, just that shed down there in that pump house. And, water and the orchard and and so I said okay $60,000 and a week later or whenever Hazel said you just bought your property $60,000 and that was a brown see that was that was Ray's brother owned it but I think see because Hazel would never she'd never say why but, but I think the judge because usually the judge wants to get all he can to pay off the debtors that's why they bankrupt is because they owe people. Right. And I think the judge said, you know, hey, you uh, you didn't have the right to sell your house because you were in bankruptcy. And when you're in bankruptcy, the judge determines 
what takes place with your property, not you. Mm -hmm. And you decided to try to sell your place, see, on your own, so I'm penalizing you. So Phoebe is the one who Helen bought it from? No, he bought it from Mike because Phoebe died before Helen, before oh. Mike sold it. Mike, Mike was the administrator after Phoebe died. Uh. Then his sister said, hey, Mike, we don't, we don't want to keep that place at the lake. We want our, we want our share of the, of the estate buy us out. And to buy them, buy them out, he had to sell that place, see. So he took 100 feet off of the far side built a house up there and sold the part he didn't have, own it, well, the, the other part. So, and they got the money from that. Helen, that, Helen paid When those, you say the far side, are you talking about Pat and Joe Ellen's? Nope, I'm talking, talking about, about, I'm talking about Aggie's place. Aggie's place okay. used to be part of, of that, of that property. Okay, okay, okay. But Helen never owned it because Mike, took it off before she bought, see? Before she bought it, okay. Well, you know, when we bought, we didn't have the slightest idea what was gonna happen in the summertime. We didn't, we didn't know this was gonna do what it did. I thought I just had, I just thought I had a, a cherry orchard I was gonna do something with. Other than that, I really didn't know what I was getting into. When you retired, did you have, did you have things that you had hoped to do? Like you were gonna stop working eight to five or whatever, Monday through Friday, did you have things that you were looking forward to well, doing? We were, we were gonna travel and we, and I, I used to spend a lot of time, you know, at home, working in the yard up there and the, that orchard, you know, or that yeah, tree the bed. tree farm. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, wanted, I wanted work that would, I wanted something to keep me busy. But I told your mother, you know, when I was 55, I said, you know, I'm going to retire. And she said, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to fish. Because, and, and, uh, and she said, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, well, I'm, I'm going to garden. And she said, all the time. So I worked two more years, see. Oh, <laughs> that's why you worked at 57? Yeah. Wow. And this year is the crossover year. 37, well, it's 37 years, isn't it? So you worked 37 years and you worked... No, 36, I worked 36. You worked 36 and you've been retired? I've been retired more than I worked. Did you think that you would come down here with your trailer and just stay on the property? Like you never thought, well, we're going to build a house or we're we going to... think about building a house at the time, you know. We probably were just going to come down during the summer and spend the winters. We're going to have two places when we started. This was going to be a summer cabin, you know. Well, not even that. We had the trailer here. It's just going to be a. Just going to be a campsite. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're right. When it was, you know, until we built the. Actually, it was until we built the house. So are there any particular years that you that stand out for you at the cherry orchard that <laughs> <laughs> well yeah actually 
came down late and when we find when it finally everything cleared and we took possession of the property uh -huh. uh, we we came down like in uh i think uh, in february and nancy and nancy came up there was snow on the ground we went and i, I know we sat down there we didn't have anything down here you know right nothing to, nothing to live in or anything nothing I suppose there was next to nothing in the shed because we hadn't moved. We really hadn't brought anything down here, I guess. Right. Okay. February of '84. So all that, so all that existed was just. And, pump, and of course, the pump house had the pump. Had the pump to pump water up to. Pump did you water, have like oh the water clear up to the upper lot where I planted the trees? Oh, okay. What about those trees? Where'd you get those trees? I think almost all of them. I drove up to Swan. I was on the on National Forest land, mm -hmm. and I dug. I dug about a hundred. Oh so my gosh! Trees that were say less than than, than young trees that were less than uh, three feet high. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Almost all of them. There was maybe less than a half a dozen. And then, of course, we cut down. I think we cut down a ponderosa pine or two when we built. And you had mentioned that you might have cut down a cherry tree or two when you built yeah, the house. Yeah, I think, I think on the north side of the house, where the bedroom is, I think there was a cherry tree. Well, that's not all that John Emerson has to say about the cherry orchard. And we'll continue with more cherry orchard conversations with him and also his brother, Jim Emerson, in uh, our future episodes. If you would like to talk about the cherry orchard, let me know. See you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>